Hi, and welcome to the Radius Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're interested in finding out more information about Radius Church, please check us out on our website, radiuschurch.tv. When the manufacturer uh, created this arrow, they created this arrow with a specific purpose. They didn't just arbitrarily do it. They didn't just arbitrarily pick any kind of wood or any kind of tip or any. They didn't just arbitrarily decorate it and put feathers all over it. When the manufacturer created that arrow, that arrow had a specific task. It wasn't supposed to do what a hammer does. It wasn't supposed to do the bow's job. It was supposed to do its job. And the manufacturer's intention for that arrow was for it to hit its target to fly straight, to soar high. And much like that arrow, God, our manufacturer, He created us with a plan and a purpose to fly straight, to soar high, and hit the bullseye of the plans and purposes that He has for our lives. Amen, everybody? The Bible says that even before the foundations of the world, He created us. And what happens in this world, we live in a fallen world, and when things happen to us, what happens to the arrow is it puts stress on the arrow. And, and some of us receive, whatever happens in our life, we get small little fractures. And, and some of them, just by mishandling this arrow, some of those fractures are so small that you would never see them with the human eye, but they are there. And how I treat this arrow and, and things I do to this arrow all have something to do with its ability to hit its target, right? And, and, and sometimes they're small and sometimes they're big. The reality is all of us are like an arrow and all of us have some level of brokenness in our life simply because we live in a fallen world and a sin-filled world, right everybody? And oftentimes that prevents us from hitting God's target or His ultimate purpose for our life. It's interesting that the word sin, uh, I defined it last week in its simplest form, it means to miss the mark. And so so sin really is about missing the mark. It's not about the things we do, it's about that we're born as sinners and we don't fulfill what the manufacturer created us to fulfill. And, and oftentimes, I'm sure you're like me, and if it's not you, then somebody listening online understands this, but often the sin that we struggle with, uh, uh, I know you don't struggle with any sin, but I'm going to preach for your neighbors that do. Um, it, it's this, isn't it interesting that we all struggle with a different type of manifestation of a sin? What, what one of us struggles with, the other one doesn't, and vice versa. Uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of why on that. Uh, it's interesting that the reason that we miss the mark or that we have a continual stumble or failure or, or miss the mark in a certain area, I believe it can be traced back to an accident or an incident in our life. It can be traced back to the abandonments and the abuses and the things that we go through. Sometimes the thing that we do to ourselves, and sometimes it's the things that life does to us. Hello? And God's plan was, and God's plan still is, ladies and gentlemen, for us to fulfill His purposes and for us to fly straight and to soar high 
and reach the destinies that he has for us. No matter what your arrow has been through, and no matter how you showed up here looking today, aren't you glad that we got a God that can heal the brokenhearted, and it's never too late for us to hit the desired target in our life? Can I get an amen on that? Psalms chapter 127 is the verse that we're kind of using as our foundation. And here's what it says. It says that children are a heritage from the Lord. In other words, children are gifts. And it's often where in our childhood is where the fracturing and the hurting, it begins. And depending on what age, it begins to wire our thinking and our appetites. We'll talk about that a little bit. And it goes on, it says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Each of us come into the world with with potential of being propelled into a great future. But what happens is life happens and circumstances happen. I want to give you three points today just to consider. And then at the end, I want to launch our life groups for this semester. So three points. They'll be a little gentler than they were last week, everybody. Um, I want to talk about the dysfunctions that we have. And, and uh, if you need to elbow your spouse right now and say he's going to talk to you, go ahead and do that and get it over with. I want to talk about the dysfunctions that we have and the defenses that we build and the, and the deliverance that we need. You guys ready for them? Here they are, three points. Number one is the dysfunction. First of all, let me define the word dysfunction uh, so that we have something to work with. The word dysfunction means impaired or abnormal functioning. Well, watch, watch this. Let me, let me go back to my broken arrow. Th- this arrow here has been impaired. Right? I mean, it's not going to do, come on, all you bow hunters out here, how many know this is not the arrow you're picking to shoot Bambi? How many know what I'm talking about, right? Huh? Uh, I I, I mean, ladies, come on. You got to eat. Okay? All right. (laughs) Impaired, it means weakened or damaged. This this arrow has been at minimum weakened. Uh huh. Even one that looks whole and straight, at minimum, it, it, it might have some slight flaws that, by the untrained eye, but it messes with its ability to hit its target. So, so all of us, depending on how we grew up, we all have some level of dysfunction. Is that fair to say? All of us do. So we're all in the same boat, everybody. Dysfunction. Impaired. Impaired means weakened or damaged. Abnormal function. In other words, this is not functioning like the way the manufacturer intended for it to function. Abnormal functioning. It's abnormal to drink a pint every day. Come on. Mm. It's abnormal to sleep with someone different every weekend. It's abnormal to the plans and purposes, come on, that God has for us. And the truth is that we all don't get placed in the same bow, do we? We all don't have the same opportunities, education, finances. We all don't get to be placed in the same quiver. How I many know, depending on what quiver you're in and how that quiver is handled, has a lot to do with whether you're broken or whole. Hello, somebody, right? 
And, and so we all don't start on the same ground. And some of our childhoods were mishandled and some of them were broken and, and damaged in the quiver before we ever got a chance to fly. And some of us in this room and some of you that are watching online, you still feel like you've had your 30th birthday, your 40th and your 50th birthday, and you still feel like you are grounded because you're not hitting on all cylinders and you feel like there's something missing and there should be more to life. Mm, I heard a lot of mmms. <laughs> when we are children, we have experiences, don't we? How many of them, some, you have to agree with that some of those experiences are good, mm-hmm. but some of those experiences are bad. And sometimes it's the things that we choose to do, but sometimes it's the things that we didn't choose to do. Mm. These things that happen to us not only happen to us, but they begin to happen in us. How many know what I'm talking about, right? Now watch this. Those things that happen to us, those fractures, what, what, what happens then is they create certain appetites in our life. They create certain proclivities. They, they create certain thinking styles. They, they create certain reaction styles. Some of us shrink back. Some of us attack, as I shared with you some of mine last week. And, and those brokennesses, those, those things that we experience can create appetites, pro or con. If there's uh, certain levels of abuse we either shrink back, and so that's our appetite, or we rise up and say, nobody will ever do that to me again, and we rise up. It creates appetites. James says something very interesting with this in mind. James tells us in chapter number one, the brother of Jesus, he writes, but each person is tempted. See, you're tempted by something different than I'm tempted by. My temptation last week was to punch the guy in the nose for messing with my sandwich. But your temptation might be a different issue. It's good to know in this room that we're all dealing with some level of dysfunction. Uh The person with the biggest Bible, don't be intimidated by them. Because they have the biggest Bible because they need to read it more than you do. But each person is tempted when they are, watch this, dragged away. Uh, they're dragged away. I'm trying hard to get my destiny, but I feel dragged away because I have certain appetites or proclivities that keep causing me to stumble on the same corner that I always stumble on. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're dragged away, watch this next part of this verse, by their own evil desires, by their own You have your own, I have my own, you have your own. All God's people have their own because of the fractures that happen to us throughout life. That's why we cannot watch the evening news and look at somebody doing something that you don't do and go, I don't know how they could do that. If you are fractured the way that they were fractured, you might do the things that they do. I can't believe these homeless people. Well, you don't know what led them to that situation. Come on now. I don't know how a mother could do that to her children. You weren't there, so it's easy to sit back in our piety when we're not broken in the same area, but all God's people has some level of dysfunctions. I just want to level the playing ground there just a little bit. And I want you to notice something. Dragged away by their own evil desires. Mm. 
Appetites are created by what we taste and what we experience. I, we were at dinner last night with some uh, of our elders, and I asked the question, what's your favorite dessert? And the guy, before anybody answered, shouted out, ice cream. How many like ice cream? How many it's your temptation? Come on, raise your hand high. Don't be, don't be ashamed, all right? Ice cream. What flavor is your favorite flavor? Somebody shouted out. Vanilla. Pistachio. I love pistachio, too. I had a pint this week. All right, okay. A pistachio ice cream, that is, okay? Uh, any other favorite flavors? Rocky Road, come on. Here's my question. How do you know you like pistachio? Oh, you said it. You said it, all right? He, ah, there's the answer right there. The answer is, one time in my life, I tried it. I tasted it. Mm. And because I tasted it, it created an appetite in me. Because I tasted it, it did something in me that caused me to crave that. Now, when I'm supposed to be eating celery, I am craving pistachio ice cream. And pistachio ice cream cannot be bad because pistachios have protein in them. Can I get an amen in the house, right? Right, right, right. I don't know about that sinful Rocky Road stuff, but that's another sermon on another day, all right? Now, I want you to notice, give me my verse back up there again, James. It says that we're all pulled away by our own evil desires. The original translation is not the word evil, it's the word twisted. We're all pulled away by our own twisted desires. Uh, Or, excuse me, our own, I said that wrong, our own wicked desires. And so we have these, how, how many know you have some wicked desires? You don't have to amen out loud because you got your spouse fooled and they don't think that you do. But we, I had, when that guy took my sandwich, I had a wicked desire. Am I right about this? Yeah? Some of you had a wicked desire for me, wanted to know where he lived. And, and so we're all pulled away by, watch this, our own wicked desire. Wicked is where we get the word wicker. Anybody have any wicker furniture? Wicker is when things are twisted together, and when things are interwoven, and when things are twisted together, the more things that are twisted, the more emotions that get hindered, the more fractures that happen, the more material there is there to twist together, and now our thinking, our emotions, our appetites, they become twisted. So we don't want a healthy marriage. We would rather find a different way to satisfy because we have twisted, come on, thinking in our life. Stronghold is the word for twisted thinking. The word stronghold simply means that our thinking or our appetites, they become twisted. Is everybody following me? When we come to know Jesus, the good news is we're born again and we're on our way to heaven. But the challenge is our soul did not get born again. Our spirit man got born again right now, the moment you said that prayer. But the journey begins for our soul from that day on. And how many know sometimes that journey takes longer than we would like for it to take, right? We know that God has a target for us, but we have a hard time hitting the target. And church, let me talk to you for a moment. That is why you have to come to an environment and live in an environment that is constantly reminding you that there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? 
Come on. Come on. There has to be a life-giving atmosphere. Otherwise, we will give up because how come everybody else has it all together, but I still have these reckless desires, proclivities, and appetites in my life. We have to be confident of what was written in Philippians chapter number 1, verse number 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to keep on working on you until the day of Jesus. Come on, everybody, right? So that's our dysfunction. It's our warped appetites about things. And, and, and I would love to make a whole message about those things, but I think you get the picture. Number two. Number two, then, is our defense. When we begin to recognize as we mature in life that there is a dysfunction, if we're not careful, we will build defenses or excuses or reasons around the very dysfunction and protect that dysfunction rather than be healed of that dysfunction. Have you ever confronted somebody on a character flaw in their life and they defend that character flaw? It's our defenses. In Bible times, not only in Bible times, but in historical times, in ancient history, uh, walls were used as a defense or a protection. And, and, and in order for a city to grow, notice this, in order for a city to grow, in order for a city to excel, that city had to have walls around it to keep the enemies, to keep the intruders out. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? One of the most famous walls in Scripture is the walls of Jericho. I touched on this last week, but I want to drill down on it a little bit more. In the King James Version of the Bible, Joshua chapter number 6 gives us a picture of the walls of Jericho. And it says, now Jericho was straightly shut up. One translation says, tightly shut up. It was so tight. It was so tightly shut up. Um, Watch this. Because of the children of Israel, none went out. And none came in. I can't think of a better verse that perhaps describes our defense in our emotions. Our defense against the things that are broken in our life. Because of the traumas in our life. Because of the abandonments in our life. Because of the abuses in our life. Many of us have built walls around our soul. Walls around our heart. Walls around our life. And the and, and that was a good thing to protect you from the enemy. The problem is that the very walls that we built up to protect become the strongholds, the twisted thinking, the wrong processing of things in our lives. Come on. Notice, notice this. I, I said this last week, but it bears repeating. No one came in and no one went out. I have built such protective walls around me, I don't let anybody too close, (sighs) and nobody, I don't go out and nobody knows the real me. They know the, hey, how you doing today, me, but they don't know the real me. They don't know what I laugh about, they don't know what I cry about, they don't know what I struggle with, they don't know the real me. And granted, not everybody needs to know the real you, because not everybody can handle the real you. Amen, everybody? But no one came in. I'll keep them. And everything stays superficial. Everything stays social media. I mean, superficial. 
Yeah, every, everything's just surface level. There's no depth of relationship. We, we hide behind our busyness. Uh, we, we hide behind our superficiality. Hey, let's get together. But you know good and well we're never going to get together. And if we do, we're going to talk about the brand of coffee that we're drinking. Right? No one comes in. You can be married. You can sleep in the same bed with somebody and say, I don't even know them. Because no one comes in and no one goes out. And what we built as walls of protection now become the strongholds of our soul. They become the way we process every situation. They, they become the wrong way of thinking uh, uh, because of the soul's appetites. Um, let, let me just define stronghold simple. I'm going to get into it more in the series. But stronghold in its simplest form is the wrong way of thinking about something or the wrong way of processing an event in our lives. Come on, how, how many know, it doesn't take a genius to know, you can be around somebody and immediately know, wow, they're, they're processing what should be normal in an abnormal way. Hello, anybody? Um, okay, then let me pick on me. I'll give you an example. Some of these stories, i got to be very careful how I tell them. And I want to be gentle, and I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody, but it is my story to tell, and so it's easier for you when I pick on me. All right, everybody? As a child, um, this is an example of a stronghold. As a child, um, I felt very unloved and unwanted. Now, I'm not saying that I was unloved. I'm sure that I was loved to the level that the people in my life were able to love me. So this is not about me throwing stones at those people. But, but when you're young, you do not have the emotional maturity or bandwidth to process that those grown-ups are just little kids also in grown-up bodies. Ah. And so I did not feel loved and I did not feel wanted. The only time I ever felt any level of acceptance is when I worked and accomplish something. How many already see the train wreck coming? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was called stupid on more than one occasion. Uh, the, the, the words, the phrase that rewinds in my mind that I have to wrestle with constantly is, you will never amount to anything. Uh, how many know the words that you hear when you're seven and eight can still haunt you when you're 58? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, I didn't feel valued, only appreciated when I worked. So at 14, I got a full-time job and began to work and perform and contribute to the unit that we called family. Uh, but, but, but watch this. Watch the stronghold. The stronghold, the wrong way of thinking. How many know hard work is good? But when you're getting your value from what you do and not who you are, ah. Come on. And, and in the Christian circles, we can camouflage that really good. Yes. Performing. E e even performing in every level. Performing at work. It wasn't hard to perform at work because they gave me raises and praises. Mm -hmm. But without knowing it, I began to perform to God and perform in ministry. And thus, 136 ministries under one roof. And we were doing all kinds of things. And people were cheering 
because I only have value in my mind if I do good things and do things for people, which prevents me from saying no to anybody because I need you to like me. Mm-hmm. My, my performance mindset became very twisted. It's good to perform, it's good to work, but it became twisted because I began to get my value from that. It became a stronghold that I would hide behind. Performing well is the stronghold that told me that if I do good, I won't get hurt. If I do good, you'll like me. And I'll stand on a stage in front of Christians under the name of God and work hard to do good because I need you to like me enough because I've forgotten somewhere in the stronghold that God loves me unconditional. Come on, everybody. Are you hearing me? Don't you love it when I pick on me? See, in my mind, if I perform, if I perform well, then people will like me. And, and then the walls are tightly shut up. No one really knows the real me. And so in the loneliness of the dark time when no one else is around and the crowd is gone and the boss is gone, you don't feel loved for who you are. You feel only love for the things that you can accomplish and deliver for the company or for the people. Does anybody know what I'm talking about at all? And this reinforces the stronghold. Here's what reinforces the stronghold in our culture. What reinforces that stronghold in our culture is that our culture praises performers. And if we're not careful, we'll even praise performers in the church. Woo, man, that was the best whatever. And if we're not careful, we praise the performers, and it only adds fuel. Come on, everybody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nobody knows the real you. You're hiding behind your busyness, you're hiding behind. Isn't busyness worn like a badge in our culture? Look how busy I am. Woohoo! Look how busy I am. Because we're trying to say I'm important. Mm-hmm. We, we hide behind all kinds of strongholds. Strongholds like busyness and anger and, and humor. And watch this, watch this, everybody. We'll even hide behind the stronghold of spirituality. Oh, that's another message on another day. Strongholds, they come from hurts and pains and disappointments and even wrong teaching and and continued wrong teaching. So how do I begin to tear down the strongholds? Ephesians gives us a clue. Ephesians chapter number 4, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self. i got to put some things off i got to not go to some places and hang out with some people, not because they're evil, but I'm trying to put those old appetites off. i got to quit liking pistachio ice cream, and I've got to force myself to start liking carrots and peanut butter. So i got to get out of the pistachio ice cream factory, come on somebody, and plant me a garden of carrots. Is anybody making sense out of this, right? There's certain things I just got to put off. I got to get away from those things which is being corrupted by its, there's that word again, deceitful, evil, twisted desires to be made new. Where at? In the attitude of our mind. How do we do that? Through the reading of God's Word. You didn't come to church today because you have nothing to do. You came to church today because you're in the renewal factory. You're trying to get your appetites different. You're trying to make new friends and new relationships and new thinking. Come on, everybody. And new heart. That's why we're in church. And put on the new self created to be like God in righteousness and in holiness. Wow. Is that good or what? The way we break back. Bad habits is to create new habits. 
Instead of reading that, maybe I should read the Word of God. It's creating new habit. We, we cannot have a successful outer world without having a healthy inner world. Simply put, you got to make your thinking new. How do we do that? Through the Word of God, everybody. It changes our thinking. It tears down the strongholds, right? Our mind is like a garden. you got to pull the weeds out and you got to fertilize the good stuff. Welcome to the fertilizing today, all right, everyone? Right? Okay, i got to get to the last point because we got some stuff to do. Number three, then. Number three, so we have the dysfunction. We have the defense that we build around it. But let's talk about the deliverance. How do I get healed? It might be easier than you think, and it might be harder than you think. Let let me say it a different way. It might be easier than you think. It just might take longer than you expect. Because we live in, can I say one prayer and be over it? No. Um, Like Jericho, here's the key. Watch the key. It's pretty simple. Like Jericho, does anybody know what happened right before the walls of Jericho fell down? Somebody said it. They broke the silence. You said the same thing. I'm just saying it a little different. They broke the silence. In order for healing to begin, you and I have to break the silence. Because the secrets in your life are the things that are killing you in life. And you don't even know it yet. And you're dying thinking nobody knows. And maybe nobody does. And you camouflage it really good. But you're dying because the secret is killing you. Like Jericho, the walls did not come down until the silence was broken. Let me read a little bit of it to you, Joshua. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And it came to pass on the seventh time. Now, here's something interesting. God told Joshua how many times they were going to march. But Joshua never told the people how many times they were going to go around. Don't you wish you just knew how many Sundays you had to attend church before you were fully delivered? Uh huh. Wouldn't it be great? I just need 10 sermons, Ken, and then I'll see you in heaven. You know? Okay. And it came to pass that the seventh time when the priest blew the trumpet, Joshua said to the people, there it is, they broke the silence. For all those days they were silent. Nobody said anything, but on the seventh day, the silence was broken. Joshua never tells the people how many times. That's why we're constantly saying to you, just stay on the journey. Come back on Sunday. Make Sunday church a priority. If you can't make it to Sunday, then make life group a priority. If you can't make life group a priority, then make Bible reading a priority. You've got to prioritize something in your life and aim your life in the direction you want to go. Come on now. I don't know how long it's going to take. I wish I had a magic sermon. Okay, on October 1st, I'm going to preach the magic sermon that is going to set everybody free. But if you'll stay on the journey, this message is for all of those who have been doing the right thing, and you love Jesus, and you're still waiting for the breakthrough. You're still waiting for things to change. Um, All over this room today, there are broken arrows. So you're not the only one. And those broken arrows represent broken promises made to you, broken dreams that were made to you, and broken hopes and broken childhoods. And the temptation is, I keep doing the right thing, but I'm still wrestling with the old feelings. What do you do when you're in a right place, but you still have old feelings? Uh-huh. 
you stay on the journey. And you keep marching around the walls. And you keep putting one foot in front of another. And here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. Right, everybody? It's interesting. I wish that when we got saved, our soul got saved also. God says something to Moses back when they're getting ready to go into the promised land. The promised land, the land of victory. He says something to them very interesting. I'll close up shop with this. He says this in the book of Deuteronomy. The Lord, your God, will drive out those nations before you, little by little. What? Little by little. God, that's not good. If we're going to go into Canaan and we're going to live there in these cool houses and have milk and honey and great vegetation and that's our promised land, I want you to go in there and annihilate every little enemy that's in there. In other words, God, would you just go in there and clean house, kick hiney, God, just get them all out of there, right? I don't want to struggle with, I don't want to fight with, I just want to have smooth sailing Mm-hmm. Little by little, why in the world would God only drive out the inhabitants of the land, the enemies of our heart, the brokenness of our lives, only little by little? Maybe for the same reason he told them to pick up only enough manna for today. Give us this day our daily bed. See, God's not interested in you getting a gold ticket to heaven. He's interested with walking with you every single step and every single day. God, I need you today. I, God, I need you this moment. God, I'm going into a sandwich shop. You got to be there. Lord, I need. come on, everybody. I'm going to see that person at Thanksgiving. I'm going to be with that person at Christmas. I got to go back to my high school reunion. God, I need you today to drive out one more enemy, right? Yeah, I need you today. It's little by little. That's why church is important. That's why life groups are important. That's why Bible reading is important. It's on our webpage. We we, we map it out for you to get through the whole New Testament every year to get through the New Testament. That's why these things are important. Now watch this. Watch this. Nothing changed until the silence was broken. You can hear this message, love it, go home, get in your car, never talk to anybody about it. And I'll preach something on emotional healing again next year, and you will be no farther next year than you are today until you begin to break the silence. Watch this. James tells us something important, and then I promise this is my last verse. James, give me, uh, uh, I don't need that verse. Give me James. I'm skipping. Here we go. Therefore, therefore, confess your sins to God. Nope. Therefore, Now, when we confess our sin to God, which was the previous verse, 1 John chapter number 1, we get forgiveness. But when we confess our sin to one another, we get healing. When we confess our sin to God, we get to go to heaven. When we confess our sin to one another, we get to live a life of freedom while we are here waiting on the bus to take us to heaven. Can I get an amen on that? Watch this, watch this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other, to each other. Each other. This is why relationship is vital. Friends, listen, we're not doing life groups because we're bored. We're not doing life groups because we want to look impressive. 
We're providing opportunities to do life with one another because healing comes. You see on that wall over there? Right over there. That's the four things we do. We want everybody to know God. But the second step in your relationship is we want you to find freedom. And the way you find freedom is by breaking it down. There are groups that rewind. All they're going to do is go back over this message one day this week. And you could be in that group. And that's where you could raise your hand and say, I didn't understand when he said this. And I didn't like when he said this. And he wore the wrong. Oh, anyway. And, and, and you just get in those circles and rewind it and dig deeper in it and that's where relationship and friendship and freedom is found because that's where we flesh it out it's confessing to someone I always say this you got to get your crew because your crew will help you with your crisis your crew will help those walls begin to come down come on I'm begging you. I'm, as your pastor, I want to help you. I'm here to help you. And all I can do is provide the water trough. Come on, everybody. There are life groups that we're going to launch today. And some people that need it the most are going to say, well, that ain't for me. I ain't got time for all that stuff. And uh, they don't have a life group I like. Well, then start one. Start what you like. Okay? Um, okay, with that in mind, i got to close up shop we got to break the silence. Let me end it a little softer. Somebody needs to know your secrets. Everybody don't, but somebody needs to know your secrets. It took 12, let's see, it took, uh, man, it's been 17 years before I shared the sandwich story publicly, but I can tell you within a day I shared it privately. Somebody needs to know your secrets. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? All right. So our dysfunction, our defenses, and our deliverance. I want to pray.